kind of funny. I just noticed I got the same shirt on. You know, I'm thinking, I do have, God provides more than one shirt for me. I do have a few. I must like this one a lot. That's, that's pretty funny. Anyway, hey, welcome all of the campus. Come on. Welcome all of you here today. And uh, I'll, I'll hear a big shout hallelujah when I say this is the last week of the financial series. Yeah, I knew it. See, you know, I wonder, I always wonder if I did like a 12-week series on finances. Um, we'd probably thin out the crowds and we'd only need one campus. We'd, back, we'd, we'd be back down to, down to one. But I believe so much in this message because it's in the Bible. And, um, and so I titled this last one, Trusting God with a Tithe, because it's probably one of the hardest things that we do. I, a lot of us, we trust Jesus we're going to heaven, even though we've never seen heaven. But can we trust him with our money? That's been the big series, and God we trust. This is going to be kind of a, a straightforward, and this is nothing new. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, um, we do a series once a year for like three weeks, and you just hit us on the perfect wig, but just chill and relax. Uh, this is for the home team, but I believe you can learn uh, something uh, from this. But I just want to go through some real basics, uh, What I seven things about tithing that are so basic that will hopefully help uh, all of us. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Is that okay? Some of you got your outline, then you, you actually got our, uh, something we'll go over later, kind of where the money goes here at Grace. Uh, but number one, tithe. The tithe means 10%. Did you know that? It means 10%. Not two, not three, not four. It means literally one-tenth. That's what uh, the word tithe means. And it's funny, Gallup poll did a survey, and they said there's an interesting trend. The higher the income someone makes, the less percentage they give. Isn't that interesting? I think sometimes we get enamored with the amount. You know, there's only one story in a Bible and it's in Mark chapter 12. Go write that down and read it. Very interesting chapter because Jesus is the only time Jesus is recorded watching an offering. He's sitting back, chilling, and all these people are coming up to, I guess, some kind of place where they were giving their offerings. And, and Jesus' comments were when this little, little old lady came up, maybe at the end, and she gave like, in today's dollars, would be like two nickels. And Jesus said, see that one? She gave more than all the others. Isn't it interesting that he said she gave more than all the others? And I guarantee you there were some high rollers in there trying to impress people with their giving. And Jesus noticed her. That just kind of, I believe, kind of lends to the Gallup poll, because how many know that if a person makes 50K a year, and we know if you have good math, 10% is $5,000, amen? Now, what about someone who makes 500K a year and only tithes 5%? That's $25,000. Let me ask you a question. According to what we just heard Jesus say, who gave more, the 50K person or the 500K person? Anyone got the answer? Not a trick question. Who gave more? Say it again. Yeah, the 50K person. Isn't that interesting? I just thought I'd throw that one out there to get some of you uncomfortable, okay? Anyway, that's, here's, what the, here's what number two says. The tithe is holy. That word holy means unique. It means set apart. There's a lot of places where it talks about setting something apart or something you shouldn't touch. And I'm thinking of a story that some of you don't see this the way maybe I see it, the story of Adam and Eve. We know the story, right? God created Adam and Eve and in the garden. He said, this garden and everything in it. 
eat from every tree. It's a beautiful garden, eat from every tree. But the one in the middle, don't touch that tree. That's a special tree. That tree is set apart. I don't want you to eat from this tree. See, I believe that symbolic of that tree was the tithe, the, the thing that they shouldn't touch. It was holy. They shouldn't eat from that tree. And Adam and Eve, we all know that even though they had everything else they could eat, all these other trees, they wanted to eat that one. I think that's kind of like how people are sometimes. God says, hey, the tithe, the 10%, just don't touch that. Enjoy the other 90. You see the similarity? That's, that's kind of interesting to me. Third one, you can cheer at any time on any, any campus right now. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. The third one, the tithe is a reminder, right, to put God first. It says in Deuteronomy 14.23, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. So even Deuteronomy says the practice of tithing is to remind us to put God first, not just in area of finance, but really in every area of our lives. See, tithing for me, I don't know about you, but tithing keeps greed in check in my life. Because see, when, when we tithe, when we give God, because the, the, the tithe is the first 10%, when I put that first, it forces my lifestyle to live on less. And so that's what's helped me in my life over the years. Go, Okay, this is God's, and I'll manage how to live on the rest of it. So we give, we save, and we live on the rest. That's God's order. That's a God-honoring way to manage your finance. Here's the next one. Uh, I know I have a lot of theologians that come up to me and want to argue with me. Well, tithing's not in the, the New Testament. It's an Old Testament principle. I go, well, I guess you don't read the New Testament because Jesus actually confirms tithing in the New Testament. Matthew 23, 23, he indirectly confirms it. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees talking to religious people, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. But then he says, you should tithe. This is Jesus, son of God, New Testament, saying, yes, you should tithe, but do not neglect the more important things. Like, hey, it's great that if you're giving, but don't be a jerk, right? There's more important things, you know, that, I mean, you can do that, but don't be a jerk. Show justice and mercy towards others. So that's Jesus confirming tithing. The fifth one is interesting. Tithing is an acknowledgement that it is God that gives me the ability to gain wealth. If you read, uh, if you want to do some homework, read Mark 12, that's a good one, and then read the entire chapter of Deuteronomy 8. And, and what the context of the chapter was, these people were being blessed in incredible ways, but there's a tendency that the more blessed we become, we have a tendency maybe to forget God. You ever seen that happen? I've seen it, man. People get blessed and all of a sudden, God isn't as important, churches isn't important. They just, they get distracted by wealth. Now, in Deuteronomy 8, 17, it says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. When you start saying that, you're forgetting something. You're forgetting the main thing. And he reminds us what it is. But remember, come on, everyone say it. The Lord's your God. Every campus, one more time. The Lord's your God. 
I know you think you're, you're it. I know you think you're the one. I know you think it's your amazing idea and your IQ and your connection and you're a master networker. And man, God says, no, remember, it's the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. On my notes, I wrote, our success can cause us to forget that God is the one who gives us the ability and the power to gain wealth. God is the one who blesses our business. God is the one that orchestrates that deal. God is the one that somehow you gain favor with people and they open the door so you can do commerce with them. God is the one that does that for us. But I think there's a tendency for us to forget Believe me, man, I look at Grace Family Church and, 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 and I hesitate saying this. I mean, God has so blessed us and, and we've reached so many people. I mean, we have seven campuses and, uh, and I'm just not that smart. I'm just telling you. I know it's God. You know, God keeps me humble in a lot of ways. Uh, but but I, I don't, I'm not proud of this. I never finished college. Never went to Bible school. Because if you're looking at how does God do that? I have nothing I could brag about anyway. I mean, you know, I graduated 300 in my class out of 600, right in the middle. You know? So I, I look around and I go, God, you're an awesome God. God did it. God gets the glory. God gives us the ability. God gives us a power. God is the one that anoints us. God is the one that sets us up to do what he calls us to do. And the minute we start taking glory or credit for it, be careful. But one way we acknowledge that it is God who gives me the ability and the, and the power is through tithing. Tithing is really a, a, an attitude of gratitude that is tangible that we express back to him. God, you're the one that gave it to me. You're the one that gave it. And so I'm just giving back to you what you originally blessed me with. So that's tithing is an acknowledgement of that in our lives. And here's a, another one. And this is the one that's, difficult for me to share sometimes because it seems self-serving, but it's still biblical. It, it's still biblical. The tithe belongs to the local church. Now, I tell you, I think it's great to give to a lot of different organizations. I give above my tithe to different organizations, but the first 10% goes to the local church. I, I, th I just think it's in the Bible. It's all through the, the Old Testament, and it says here in Nehemiah, as it is also written in the law, we will bring the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle, of our herds and our flocks to the, come on, everyone read it with me, to where? The house of the Lord. That's what it says, to the priest ministering there. See, I believe the tithe believes the local church, even from a logical standpoint, because you should give where you are led, where you are fed where you are cared for, where your kids are cared for and taught, where your teens are cared for and taught. I mean, I think about the, the, the local church and the Grace family. I mean, we give where we experience God, where the weekend experience. We give where we find community and, and small groups. I mean, we, we give because of what we, re we receive. In fact, I hope we're receiving because if you're not, if you're not receiving or not feeling like, then, then maybe you need to find where you can. It's kind of like, um, it's, it's funny, uh, 
It's, it's, to me, it's kind of like you, you go to this one restaurant that you really like a lot. It's delicious. And you get, man, you, they, they feed you well. They take care of you well. But you know what? They're this big, fancy restaurant. They don't need your money. And so you go, you know what? I'm not going to give my money to this restaurant, even though I really enjoy it. I'm going to go to this other one. It seems like they need it. And that's, the, I guess, the, 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 not the blessing of being a large church. Because the larger you get, people don't see that they're, you know, oh, man, they don't need my money. They, they don't need, they, man, I'm going to go help do this or this over there. Again, above your 10%, yeah. But it's funny how that we can be served well and cared well, but think somehow that I can maybe control the tithe. See, the, remember what I said earlier, that the tithe is what? Holy, that we shouldn't touch it, we shouldn't control it. And some people try to, to control the tithe. Think about in the last 28 years, what has happened at Grace Family Church. Man, the, the longevity, the consistency of just preaching the gospel in 28 years, we have seen God do amazing things. I mean, you can look just, I mean, you can pull out where, I mean, this this last year on your annual report, go ahead and pull that out. Over 20, almost 2,200 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Come on, man. Man, 20, I mean... Probably more than that. That's just the ones that we that register. We have 145 employees. I mean, I mean, this doesn't just happen. There's, but but we need. We have a full time staff. You can see. I mean, we 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 have a, over a thousand volunteers that help serve. There's 33 local and local and global mission partners that we, including you, uh, support. Um, you know, look at our look at our electric bill in the back. You see that one. $640,000 for electric. This is just, we're just trying to show you that ministry is wonderful, but ministry costs money. It, it doesn't happen for free, whether it's the camera, the lights, uh, the facilities, uh, the people that work here, the people that we train, the people we equip. Um, it, it's just all part of it. If you look at the bottom one it, on the ministry, it says total income, 24 million. Come on, man. Come on. Praise God. That is awesome. But if you see the breakdown of that, 41% ministry, staff, and benefits. They tell us in church industry standards that if your staff uh, is 50% under total giving, you're very healthy as a church. So we are not bloated as a staff. We are lean and mean as a staff as God calls Grace Family to do what he's called it to do. So that's just a little bit of something that, that we wanted to, to provide for you. But I, I ran into a guy one day. Um, this is about a year ago, just really wanting to know more. He was kind of new in his faith. He had, he had just sold a business. He goes, I want to meet with you because, man, I am just, I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy. And I go, what do you go? I just need to meet with you. And so we met and he said, man, I don't, I'm just, I feel responsible. I want to give. I, I, I've been blessed, but I'm looking at all these, organ there's like 30 organizations. I'm thinking I want to do some here, here, here. And he goes, I just, I don't, I just, what do you know? What do you think? I said, well, do you really want to know what I think? I said, I think that, that you're trying to create a, you're trying to diversify your tithe. I said, I don't think we're called to diversify the tithe. I think when you give it to the church, we can give you our diversified portfolio. And he goes, what? And he's a business guy, so we understood where I was going with it. I said, well, like, for instance, you're interested in human trafficking. He goes, yeah. I said, we, we give to that. He goes, you're interested in the homeless. Yeah, well, we give to the homeless from our general 
uh, budget. He goes, man, I meant to, the, uh, the under-resource and mentoring of, of kids. Yeah, we, we give to that, our dream center, the mentoring of children. Um, you know, interested about global, international. Yeah, we give globally, uh, internationally, Africa, Pakistan, India, South America, Italy, and more, many that I haven't even um, shared with you. And he began to get, he goes, okay, I see. So, so, and I said, we've already vetted all these places. Haiti is another one. We've already vetted all of these. So when you give, you're entrusting us, but that's our, that's our investment portfolio. So he kind of listened to me and uh, he goes, okay. And a couple of days later, he calls me up. He said, man, I have such peace about what you said. I don't want to take that responsibility for the tithe. I'm gonna, I believe in what God's doing at Grace Family Church and I trust Grace and, 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 and I'm just trying to share. That's what we do. I mean, yeah, thank you. I mean, I just, I just know that, and that, that, that's hard to share because, again, I know I'm just trying to take a biblical approach to it, and that's what we believe that the Bible says. And the last one is, uh, we've shared this verse before, that the tithe is a test, isn't it? It's a test with a promise. I love it. It's a promise. There's a test, and there's a promise. And it says in Malachi, bring the whole tithe, into the storehouse, there may be food in my house. And here's what God tests me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And he says, test me if, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines and your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Basically, God's saying, I'll protect your stuff and I'll protect your income. And we, I, I just believe, I believe what the Bible says. In fact, uh, there's a guy who has a pretty cool story that we did a video of. His name is Mark. And I think because he had a struggle and, a, and it was a process for him to understand uh, the idea of tithing. Watch this. Hey, Grace Family Church. I'm here with Mark. And he has such an interesting story, uh, his journey to tithing. In fact, one weekend I was just meeting people uh, sitting in the sanctuary and Mark, I said, Mark, how you doing? He goes, yeah, I'm getting ready to go up to a, a church to share my tithing story with a pastor friend of his. And I went, man, he's going there to share his story. I want to hear a little bit more about his story. So we got together and he just, I think, has a really word of encouragement for us. So I'm just have Mark share a little bit of his journey uh, that he went through when it comes to trusting God and tithing. Mark? I love to tell the story, and the story really is a, is a process. Yeah. It's, it's a lifetime for me. And part of the foundation that I, that I remember, um, growing up in church, I always knew about tithing. Always knew I, about I, it. I understood it to the degree that I knew you were supposed to do it. God asked you to do it. Right. God challenges you to do it. Yep. Out of the hundreds of sermons in my childhood church, Pastor Hal Bonner, there's one sermon that has stuck with me my entire life. And I probably was 13 or 14 years old. And he brought out, uh, it was a message on, on tithing. And he brought out, he started out with a nice red shiny apple. And he said, this is your house payment. And then he came out with their car payment. And he built up what you do in your life. And then he got to this ninth apple, it was the last shiny apple. And then he said, and then when everything is spent, this is what you leave for God. And he pulled out a core. Wow, what eating a down to the core. And that has, that has stuck with me. And that has been part of the foundation that I think that has gotten right. me to the point of where, where I'm at now. Right. That idea of sometimes our lifestyle is first and then God's last and he's only getting the, the core or the leftovers. And, and God clearly says, give him his fir your yeah. first fruits. Yeah. So okay. when we give him our 
last fruits. Sometimes there is uh, okay. not everything's yeah. left over. So Mark, that was the first time you really felt conviction, but you still weren't doing it. So what was next? It was hit and miss yeah. um, throughout, throughout my life and growing up as a young adult, and mm -hmm. and I would I would feel that it was there. It was the principle was there, the concept was there. And when I had a good month, yeah. I would do it, yeah. and then I would back off because times would be tough. Right. My heart was never in it. My head was there. I knew about it, but my heart was never in it. And throughout throughout you know my young adult life, times were were tough at times, and I always somehow justified not tithing. Right. So I love that your heart wasn't there, but your mind knew you should do it. So it was very sporadic. Yeah, and throughout, and throughout my life, I would hear the messages and it would convict me a little yeah. more and I would say, okay, I'm gonna do it. And I would try it and then I would pull back and it was just never consistent. Yeah, so what brought you like that all in moment with your heart? Just tell me that process. Cause it has been a process. It has been a so, process. Yeah. And you capped off that process. Okay. It was about 2015. Okay. And you were doing your, your message on, on tithing and it just, it hit me hard and I committed to it. And I said, this is it, this is when I'm gonna do it. Um, no no backing down. All in. I'm in. My heart's in. I, I'm gonna trust God. Okay. It's the only place in the Bible where God says, test me. Wow. And that really hit me hard and I said, I'm gonna do it. So after you wrapped up the sermon, you had kiosks lined up in, in the back. Oh, I do remember that, where people could give their money through yep. the kiosks. And I, yeah. and I had just gotten a, a bonus at work. Okay. So I was like, okay, this is great. Not only my regular, my right. regular yeah. income and my tithe, I got my bonus. This is gonna be a good one. God's gonna <laughs> like this. So I go back there and my, try my card a couple times and the machine broke. Man, that was the devil. <laughs> so, I already started the justification. Okay, well, maybe I'm supposed to start next pay period and I don't need to tithe on this bonus. So I went home. The next Monday morning, I'm driving across the Courtney Campbell Bridge and I can remember clear as day, exactly where I was at, there was traffic and I stopped and I just felt God say, yeah, no, we are gonna do it because the phone works and it's not gonna be broken. We're gonna do it right now. Got out my phone, punched it in, did it. So, so wait, you're stopped on the bridge. Yep. God convicts you, and yep. you do it right there. Did it right there. <laughs> and I, I remember saying, God, this is it, no turning back. And I get goosebumps when I tell this story because eight, 10 hours later, I'm driving home, almost in the same spot, and I get a phone call. And I answer the phone, it was a number I didn't recognize, and they said, is this Mr. Stutzman? I said, yes, it is. And they said, well, this is, is my daughter's orthodontist in Alabama. And they said, we've been trying to contact you for a few months. We didn't have any good contact information, but we have an overpayment that we need to send back to you. And it was almost the exact amount that I just tithed. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I think about that, and we know that we give because God tells us to, but God does reward our giving. I'm not saying it's going to happen in 10 hours, but that really was confirmation it was. that God's faithfulness. It was. There was silence on the phone. I think they probably thought I hung up on him because I was stunned. I remember just staring at the phone, yeah. gave him my information, hung up, and um, wow. that was it. I said, God, you, you have made it very clear to me that you will be faithful. You know, if you, you said a few things that were key. It's a process, it's a test, it's challenging, you were sporadic. Um, and I think there's a lot of people, Grace, they've heard my messages for years and years on tithing, but you mentioned something about the mind and the heart, and I love that, Mark. And so what would you say, like, even now to people that are 
that are hearing this and struggling, I mean, what would be your words to maybe Grace Family Church? Well, that was a point when my heart um, bought in to trusting God and having faith in knowing that he would be faithful. And another message that I heard as part of the process through the years, God doesn't need your money. Grace Family doesn't need your money. God asked you to do it, but you need the blessings that God will give you when you are faithful to him. Wow, that's, that's good. Mark, thank you for uh, sharing your story. Um, really, thank you. Cool story, right? It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, and so now it's been, that was 15, seven years ago. So I was talking to Mark a few, a couple months ago, and he was uh, telling me that uh, he had to go up and do that thing at the church for the pastor and and he still had his his tie challenge card, but he left it up at that church, and he and he's had it for like seven years. And he goes, I, I need that back. And the pastor found it on one of the pews and and brought it back to him because for him it's symbolic of many things: obedience, God's faithfulness. And so it's been seven years. Go ahead. Do you have that? Put that. That's his original card that he he still has uh, on his. Isn't that cool, man? Is this is this a reminder? For him, uh, and you know what? Mark's no different than you or I. He's no different. I, I just think it was a great story. In fact, everyone go ahead and pull out your uh, the 12-week the uh, In God We Trust 90-Day Challenge. Go ahead and pull it out for a minute. It's not going to bite you. And, and we're not asking you to turn this in. I'm just asking you, are you going to trust God? Is this the time that you take that first step like Mark did seven years ago? I don't know. You you need to be. Uh, I mean, do we trust? Do we do we believe God's word? And and we, we encourage you in that. I encourage you to take it home, pray about what God wants you to do. Maybe you've never been consistent with it, like Margo. This is it. I'm going to start being consistent. For some of you, ten percent's no big deal. For a lot of you, it's way too big of a big deal. Start somewhere, then, right? Start somewhere. Go. I'm going. God, I'm going to dedicate the first. 2%, 3%. I had a lady last week come up to me and gave me an incredible story where she started somewhere because she goes, that gave me hope. And she goes, and now I'm, I'm all the way up here. Is this a, it was a cool story. So I want you to take that card home and, uh, and pray about what God would want you to do uh, in that area of your life. That's all we ask you to do. We're not taking an offering this time. That's not what we do here at Grace. Because listen, if you give out of manipulation, you're going to regret it. You give because you know it's God's truth. You give because you know God says that we should do it. You know, it's always a battle between God's word or man's word. We're going to trust God's word or we're going to trust that enemy who's always whispering in our ear. The other thing we'd like you to do, and they're going to, the campus pastors will come up in a minute. We've been mentioning a financial freedom class that really helps you get on the right budget. It'll give you a lot of hope. Man, I, I tell you, when your campus pastor gets up to promote that, Get to that class. Some of you, that's one of the best steps you can make. If you're married, man, get to that class. If you're single, we're going to be offering it, I believe, on all of our campuses. It'll just will help you. It'll give you hope. It'll give you a foundation. It'll give you a financial founding foundation. Some of us don't know where to start. We're so overwhelmed, and we have so much shame. You don't need to feel shame, man. You just need to get started, right? So we encourage you uh, to do that. So let's pray all across every campus. Let's pray for a moment. Amen. Father, we thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And Lord, I know there's several different maybe 
groups of people and places people are at right now. God, those are some that are in such a difficult place. God, even hearing this type of message creates stress, God. You don't want people stressed. You want them finding peace. But Lord, I pray that they would take a step and trust you. God, that they would know that, Lord, you don't want them to be in the same place a year from now. That, God, you have a better way for us to to manage our finances. Help them, God, to take that step of trusting you. And God, there's others here that, God, they just needed to be informed. They didn't realize what they heard today. Lord, if they believe it's true, help them to take a step to honor you with the tithe, Lord. God, we thank you for what you have done and what you're going to do. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God. And God, I know that I know that I know a year from now when people obey you, They'll look back and they'll say, that's the best decision I made. God, I pray for marriages, Lord God, that are literally are being torn apart because of financial conflict. God, I pray that these couples would take a step to join our financial freedom. God, it not only will heal their finances, it'll heal their marriage, Lord. Father, I pray for those that may be on each campus today. Maybe, God, this isn't about them surrendering their money. They've never surrendered their life to you. God, they've had people praying for them. They've had people invite them to church during the worship. They sense you knocking on the door of their heart. But, God, they've never really taken that step, that all-in step in surrendering to you, Jesus, as their Savior and their Lord. God, let that be today. Let it be right now. Let them decide even in this moment of God's knocking on the door of your heart. And you know it's you. I want to pray for you. You can just, this prayer is like opening the door. You can pray this if you like, uh, under your breath, silently if you'd want. But you can pray this. Jesus, I know you're knocking. You've been knocking for a while. I don't understand it all, but I know one thing. You do love me, and you did die on a cross for me. And so, Jesus, right now, I open the door of my heart to you. I declare you the Savior of my life, the forgiver of my sins. I ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to come into my life right now. I want to live a new way, not the old way. I turn away from the old, and I move towards you. I want to follow you, Jesus, from this day forward. Thank you for forgiving me. I trust you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If some of you maybe prayed that prayer in a minute, our campus pastor will lead you on what to do, too.